wish I was a DJ. I am not. Mamushka. Mamushka. I feel like you should start this one off, friend. I don't know all the facts. The welcome. Oh, all right. (laughs) We have to start. That's staying, I assume. I presume this is staying. So welcome back to another episode of Agnes and Leona, our podcast where two bitches in a tub, scrub Scrub dub dub, dub. (laughs) talk about whatever's on our mind, whatever's going on, whatever pops up, random shit. Nonsense. Not nonsense. nonsense. Some nonsense. Gibberish. Headlines. Whatever. Death. Death is a topic. So we're we're going back to death tonight. Mm -hmm. Bring it back to the the beginning. Shocking. Shocking. Um, And uh, it's with heavy hearts. Yes, we're it's, actually very sad tonight. We, we don't sound sad, but we're, we are. Genuinely sad. Yeah, so a acclaimed author... Clive Kessler. Clive Kessler passed away on Monday. Mm-hmm. It was announced today. It was announced today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we feel like we we should do some justice for the Clive. We're, yeah, we're in we a little bit talk of about it. So And laugh about it. So rest in peace, dear Clive, and let's talk. Cheers. Cheers, friend. Do you think Clive was a wine drinker? I don't know. I mean, so so in Clive's passing, we have learned a little bit more about him than what we knew from his awesome audiobooks, oh which God. we will play a portion for you and not well, violate I, copyright. I, I feel like we, we should premise this or preface this with uh, we discovered Clive Cussler several years ago now. Yeah. On a road trip. We had a, what, 10 hour road trip, 10 or 12 hour? 12. 12 hour road trip. And it's like, hmm, what are we going to do? I mean, we're more than capable of talking for 12 hours nonstop. Totally. But somebody suggested. Case in point, we're here. (laughs) Here we are. An audiobook to us and gave us this Clive Cussler book called Plague Ship. Yep. It is glorious (laughs) and part of its glory is how like it's ridiculous and that's what's so great about it it is wildly entertaining Mm -hmm. it's so much fun and the audiobook the reader the read of the audiobook is so entertaining like I've never enjoyed an audiobook more in my life no it's it's it was a very pleasant surprise when it's like oh what's this audiobook about and like I normally don't like Audiobooks. I don't either. Like, I, I lose it. My, like, I like to read, but I'm visual. I like to, like, read words on a page. I like listening to books is tough for me. Right. Yeah. So, Scott Brick, Who's the incredible narrator. That guy deserves an Oscar. <laughs> Whatever they get for reading yeah. audiobooks. Oh is that my a God. Grammy? Would that be considered, like, music? Oh, I bet it is a Grammy category. Audiobook? Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. So, he is, uh, Kind of terribly awesome. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to his accents. Oh, yeah. Like, it's painful and, but, like. And funny. Not painful in a cringy way. You're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to hear more. Like, right. it's so good. So we discovered Clive many years ago on a 12-hour road trip. Mm-hmm. And then it became tradition. Like, anytime we made the road trip. Yep, because it's a manual thing. Yeah. yeah. We had to listen to Clive. And, like, it's it's fun. Like, it's like, okay, stop the car, refuel, get snacks. Oh, my God, I can't wait to get in and start Clive again. This is amazing. So, I feel like in order to talk about Clive, uh-huh. we have to know or tell people, because 
I don't know how mainstream Clive is. Like, he was not mainstream to me, but... He's told... So, this guy, and this, like, before today, sadly... Googles. We're, we're all about the Googles Didn't right know now. this, because we saw a headline that he had passed, and we were both so he sad. Also, well... He was... So, he was 88 years old. Yeah. This guy has written over 85 books, and uh, his first... This is an interesting detail, friend. So, he... His first two manuscripts that he wrote, he could not get published. He couldn't get picked up. And this guy defrauded an agent to get picked up and went on to be, like, a New York Times bestseller. I like his style already. I know. It was amazing. Like, the story I read was that he he faked a letterhead from an agency to pretending to be a contact, yes, pretending to be a contact of this person who we wanted to represent him and was like, hey, you know, I'm retiring, but I have this author here. Like, I'm not sure what to do with him. Do you know anybody who wants to sign him? And it worked. This guy was like, all right, I'll sign him. And that's how he got his first book deal. Which, like, I think that that is brilliant. More respect for Clive on that note. Right? So that was back in the, I want to say it was in the 70s. I got to find the original article that I read. So, but yeah, like, he was extremely mainstream. His, uh, one of his first books that was picked up by that agent went to sell 150,000 copies. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for, like, six weeks. I, okay, I feel like it might be a generational thing mm-hmm. because the person who gave this to me is of a generation, mm-hmm. and he's a boomer. Yeah, my person. Uh huh. <laughs> knew of Clive Cussler. He was like, I was like, yeah, we listened he's to Clive. A totally mainstream author. Yes. yes, I just didn't know this. Like, mm-hmm. not a boomer. Not a boomer. <laughs> not boomers. Not boomers. Age shocker there. Yep. So Clive Cussler has eighty. How many? 85 books. 84, 85 or 85, books. something okay. like that, yeah. So of the 85, mm-hmm. 13 of them mm-hmm. are of what he calls the Oregon series. The Oregon Files. Oregon yes. Files. Yes, yes, yes. Which is and what we dove into. Not knowing mm-hmm. that that's what it was. Yeah. Not knowing so. that it was a series, not knowing that we were jumping in midstream, right? Like, oh, yeah. We, Plague Ship is not the first book no, in the series. No, that's 2008. He started yeah. in 2003, and mm-hmm. they ended in 2018. So it was a 15-year yeah. thing, and we literally jumped in, like, middle. <laughs> Which is how you should definitely <laughs> do it. <laughs> Yeah. Part so. of part of the fun of this is being completely disoriented. <laughs> so like I don't know what the I, fuck is going yeah, on. Like, Why is this man speaking in a very bad German accent? And so. what plague? Is it the coronavirus? I don't know. <laughs> oh god, it touches so close to home right now. I know. <laughs> he was a mystic. He knew so. what was coming. Should I read the little... Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah. so the Oregon Files So are, this is the blurb about the this Oregon is, Files. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Juan Cabrillo, <laughs> which... Hold on, or as Scott Brick would say, Juan Cabrillo. Cabrillo. Yes. <laughs> is the chairman of the corporation, a special U.S. government-sponsored group that operates out of a ship called the Oregon, a marvel of scientific research equipment bristling with state-of-the-art weaponry. Ships often bristle. But disguised as a heap of junk. <laughs> a tramp steamer, if, if you you're will. fortunate enough to listen to Playship. Can, can we pause to acknowledge the brilliance of referring to a ship as a tramp steamer? Maybe that's a common term. I gotta Google. You keep reading. Well, that's it. But, like... We found out while listening to Plague Ship that you call a disguised heap of floating junk a tramp steamer, which we found 
wildly entertaining. Oh, However, no, this is this is actually a thing. A boater ship engaged in the tramp trade. I didn't know that was what a is trade. a tramp trade. Is that like hookers on a boat? It seems <laughs> like human trafficking. Is that, is that two bitches in a tub? <laughs> Should we belong on a do, tramp do, 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 do. Oh, there is more. Wait, wait, wait. So Cabrillo and his crew of mercenaries with a conscious, wait, with a conscious, yep, are able to cross the high seas in their rusting tub unmolested, <laughs> seeking out those beyond the arms of the law and dealing out justice to any one who would plot chaos on a global scale. They're like the A-team of the seas. They're it's like the amazing. James Bond of the seas. Yes. But the busted. A-team. But busted as James, James Bond. Bond. And missing a leg. <laughs> because remember, the dude's missing Juan. a leg. Juan. 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 Is, you gotta Juan. Juan. You gotta Juan. Juan is missing a leg. But he sounds very sexy, I have to say. Yeah, he, he has a good Spanish accent. I'm not gonna lie. Uh-huh. So, yeah, like, how so, can you not dive into these? It's amazing. So that is the, those are the organ files. That is the organ files in a little synopsis. In a nutshell. Yeah. But we really think, I mean, should we play a clip now? Do you want to play? I, th- I think some context would, okay. would help. Yes. So we are going to play a tiny little excerpt clip from Plague Ship. As read by Scott Brick. Fabulous. <laughs> Hashtag so good. Uh, just to give you a little taste of like some accents and what this is all about. So the source of our joy. Yes. And okay. now our sorrow. Right. So sad. However, when they were on patrol and the minutes stretched with the elasticity of India rubber, he allowed a certain amount of familiarity among the five-man crew. Such should help, he commented over the intercom and jerked his head in the direction of the dazzling moon. Or its reflection will hide a convoy's wake, his co-pilot, Max Abelhart, replied in his customary pessimistic tone. I can't! As the sea is this calm, we'll spot them even if they've stopped to ask for directions. (laughs) Directions? Do we even know if anyone's out here? The question came from the crew's youngest member, Ernst Kessler. Kessler was the Condor's rear gunner and sat scrunched at the aft of the ventral gondola that ran the partial length of the aircraft's fuselage. Very detailed description. From behind his plexiglass shield and over the barrel of a single MG-15 machine gun. Who on the ocean stops and asks for directions? (laughs) That's a great question. Like, is there signage out there? Hey, (laughs) hey guy. Hey, ship. Excuse me. North or south? (laughs) Right? Is there a Starbucks round here? Yeah, can we get a sandwich? <laughs> Jimmy John's, do they deliver How here? How does Grubhub work out here? <laughs> I am the captain now. Carry on. <laughs> so, but I also feel like this, we have to pause for a moment to acknowledge my deep upset, not only at the passing of Clive Cussler, but the fact that Leona here gave away the set of CDs that we listened to. And I am heartbroken. In my defense, mm-hmm. did not give them away. I donated them to okay. Goodwill, so you can go get them for 50 cents if you want. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> also, I will reorder them. It's so heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Hey, you're getting the full set in audiobook for Christmas. <laughs> Good. Like, this is great. This podcast has really done my Christmas shopping list for me. Signs and Clive Cussler audiobooks, only if they're read by Scott Brick. Because I feel like we tried okay. to listen to one once that wasn't read by Scott Brick, and it wasn't as good. Well, isn't there, like... Well, and he... 
had a co-author. He has co-authors on most of these. On the Oregon series? Yeah, the Oregon series, I think, are co-authored. Well, so one of the interesting facts I found out today is that uh, he had co-authors on a lot of his later books. But the first series of books, and I forget what series they belong to, but, like, his hero was actually named after his son, Dirk. Um, That's actually his son's name. But... I also learned this guy was, like, a legit sea, like, maritime adventurer. So, like, this man was, like, obsessed with the sea and shipwrecks and personally started a foundation for discovering artifacts in the ocean and discovered over 60 shipwrecks. One of them happened to be one of the ships that was one of the first to respond to the Titanic sinking. I know that this gives you, like... That ship... Deep. Also, is at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, because it was sunk like <gasps> years later in, by a German U-boat during World War One. Yes, you can't see this right now, but Leona's in a fetal position because she has anxiety. You have to explain this. <laughs> I don't like ships. That's all. I, that's all we need to get into today. I don't like ships. So there's some irony here in that we listen to a series of books that are written about ships. You need to explain more. <laughs> Why is everything about all my neuroses like Because you're demonic. <laughs> I don't like ships. I don't like ships. I don't like large vessels of metal that I get buoyancy. I understand how it works. I don't really understand how flying works, but yet somehow I get on planes just fine, but a ship, I will. Yeah, what happens when you get near a, a, a large <laughs> ship? Let's talk about the Concordia. Like, that is it. That's it, that. Exactly why I won't get on a ship. I'm gonna keep it together. Okay. First off, if you're going to put anything into any element and say that said element will not destroy it, you're testing Mother Nature. Okay. And I would say don't do that. So like, putting so putting metal into water is a bad no, idea. No, saying like this is an unsinkable ship. That was a bad idea. Oh, okay. Titanic. That's also like saying like this is like the plane that is you can't bring down. Like yeah, terrible. To... That's like the Hindenburg. Yeah. Not a plane, but still. Same Thank form. you for proving my point. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. So, Titanic. Giant ship. Put it in the water. Say it's unsinkable. Maiden voyage. Boop, boop. Bottom of the ocean. Okay. Not so great. Not cool. Not cool, man. Not cool. At some point in my childhood, formative years, uh-huh. I came across Titanic stuff and got really interested in it and did a lot of research. Did, did you have a fear of ships before this? I, I don't know. I, I had never been around a ship. Okay. So um, it was like new to you. Yeah, it was yeah. new. Like this whole idea of like trans... Buildings in, on their side in the ocean. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so I got interested in it and started reading about it and started reading about the Titanic and the Britannica, and I just remember going to the library, because mm-hmm. that's how old I am, and looking at these photos of these ships at the bottom of the ocean, and okay. reading about, like, scavengers, and finding yeah. them, and, like, this whole Yeah, like, thing. James, James Cameron's jam. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the t- Titanic movie came out, and I was like, okay, that's okay, that's a thing. And I had never... (laughs) Yeah, it is. Up until college, I had never really been around the ocean. 
Okay. Yeah, because you lived in, in like, landlocked a state. landlocked yeah. state. And, and we traveled, but mm-hmm. we didn't really... You didn't take cruises. No. And in college, I remember going to visit the Queen Mary and being on the ship mm-hmm. and having a full-on panic attack. Really? And... Is that the first time you had ever been on a ship? Yes. Okay. First time I'd ever been on a ship. Okay. And it's docked. <laughs> like you're tied to the like land. In like six inches or six feet of water. Like the, <laughs> the boat is not in a lot of water. <laughs> and they take you down under to show you the propellers. Right. And you see all these like giant huge bolts and nuts and like the welding and things get very big. Sure. And you're in this like very contained mm-hmm. space. And I had a full-on panic attack, couldn't get out fast enough, couldn't get out fast enough so much so that I went to the top deck and <laughs> missed the exit. <laughs> so now you're stuck on the ship. So then I'm like running across the top deck of the Queen Mary, <laughs> ghost white, <laughs> sweating profusely, oh my God. looking like a crazy woman. And this guy is like, uh, miss, can I help you? I'm like, I need off. <laughs> How do I get off this boat? I need off the boat. And he was like, well, there's stairs right there. And I was like, great. (laughs) Wow. Like flew down the stairs to a bench. And I literally like just bent over on this bench, like nearly vomiting. Like hyperventilating. Yeah. Wow. And the people I was with Mm -hmm. had to find me because I (laughs) went full Tasmanian devil. Thought you pulled a rose, huh? (laughs) And they find me outside on this bench, like, ghost white, soaked in sweat, Uh nearly sick. Like, full-on panic attack. And I'm shaking. Wow. So how is it that you go from that Mm -hmm. to we're listening to... Plague ship. I'm not on the fucking ship. It doesn't matter. (laughs) So do you have a sick fascination then with ships? You just don't want to be near them? I find them interesting. I don't, I definitely don't want to ever be on one. I will never, I, I shouldn't say I will never. I don't ever have the desire presently to go on a cruise. What about, but you're fine with small boats. I've seen you on small boats. Great with small boats. Great with sail ships, catamarans. I'm okay with the, the ocean. Yeah. I never nearly drowned. Trust me, I spent a lot of time in college talking to a professor about, like, why I would have this crazy fear. You definitely died on the Titanic. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I was Rose. You might have known. Maybe you were Jack. Maybe I was Jack. <laughs> Jack didn't make it. Rose. Jack didn't make it. Rose was fine. I, I still could have gone through it. I didn't have to die to find it traumatic. True. Like, maybe you were Molly Brown. Great. <laughs> that chick was unsinkable. So yeah, I, I don't I don't dig ships, but I do appreciate the Oregon uh-huh. and the rusty tramp stamp and like steamer, co- not tramp stamp. stamp, tramp steamer, which apparently is a legitimate description. And that for... thing parading through the ocean, just being a badass. Like yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I like the like it's un unrecognizable. It's you know incognito. Goes, yeah, I like that. It's like this. It's like a transformer in we the seas. We had, uh-huh. growing up, my dad had mm-hmm. this fishing boat, and I don't know where they found it. It was like a metal canoe, basically. Uh-huh. And they called it the garbage scow. Well, that's a thing. Yeah. And they would use it, but they would use it to go fish. <laughs> it was like this shit-ass tin boat that I don't even know how it floated, because 
it was holes in it it had holes in it you had to like put things over it like a foot needed to be here and like you needed to sit on certain sides so like the garbage scow has this like special place in my heart and I remember it like always being around in childhood and I so I think like maybe I have this appreciation for the Oregon and and rusty tramp steamers yeah Yeah. I I think that's cool I just don't like the ship aspect here we go tramp steamer is one of two principal types of merchant ships as classified by operating method the other is ocean liner. So you don't like ocean liners. You probably don't like tramp steamers either. Don't like. I don't like. Uh, you just don't like big boats. No, I don't like. Do you know there was a ship that went? Okay, you want to talk about? <laughs> there's so many things. <laughs> the Costa Concordia. Yeah. Oh, crap. That thing went down in like 2011, 2012, 2013. It's not. not it's relatively recent yeah. history. Past. Yeah. One five of years? the yeah. newest, uh-huh. most like. Technologically advanced ships in shallow water. <laughs> in shallow water off the coast of Italy, where you could probably hear a family fighting and smell pasta. The fettuccine alfredo. And you couldn't swim <laughs> to the coast of the family, being like, "Nah, fuck you." <laughs> Italians may be aggressive, but they're welcoming. <laughs> like if you crawl up to their house, they'll definitely feed you. Like, ooh, yeah, yeah. So it's like. You want me to get on a ship. Mm. Or you could be quarantined on a ship like it's happening right now. Yeah, I don't, we can't talk about the coronavirus and all of this right now. We can't. can't <laughs> too it. much. Or too you're going to be okay. Much. I mean, coronavirus does play into plague ship because that's essentially what happened in the book. See, I don't even Spoiler remember what happened alert. in the book. I Remember? I, like a bunch of people were sick on a ship and so they like... Oh, that's right. Like, they had it held in the middle of the ocean, but really it was held by, like, these other bad guys, and they had, like, like there was like an something. And, yeah, there mm-hmm. was some formula thing that they were holding hostage and mm-hmm. whatever. Yes. Yeah, this definitely is a combination of, like, the A-Team, James Bond, maybe a little Indiana Jones. I feel like oh, it's yeah, a, totally. a little bit more, like, rough and ready than James Bond, and I feel like Indiana Jones, like, there's yeah. that archaeological, like... Yeah, no, it's not polished. There's yeah. nothing about the organ that is polished. Because she's a rusty tramp steamer. I know. Yeah. She. she. Why she. are ships always she's? Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, in fact, isn't there a great description of, yeah, she bristles with... Yeah. Yeah. She's delightful. <laughs> the point is, if you have not read a Clive Cussler novel yet, you should. You should. You absolutely should. Um, and if you're into audiobooks, make sure that you get one read by Scott Brick because it's brilliant. So in honor of Clive, mm-hmm. we're going to do like a, a good quote. Yeah. There are a lot of good quotes, but this one I think is, is a good one. Yep. We're not lost, he said in a cheery tone. We're just locationally deficient and directionally challenged at the moment. And that's from The Pharaoh's Secret. I love it. That's so good. So thank you, Clive, for entertaining us. And for the awesome Oregon Files. Yeah. And for combating, like, an industry and for fighting what you love. Yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. Like, to that guy. And we've got doing that. 80 more books to get through. So many books. Cheers, friend. <laughs> Cheers.